Hello, everybody, and welcome to Speak Out, the Outright Podcast. I am your host, JQ. You can use any pronouns for me. And I'm joined today by Rainer and Augustine. Please introduce yourselves. Alrighty. Hi, my name is Augustine. I use they, them pronouns, and it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm Rainer. I use he, him pronouns. And today, in honor of asexual... Is it Awareness Week or Visibility yes. Week? Oh, awareness. Okay. Awareness Week. <laughs> we are doing a special episode themed around the asexual spectrum. I am joined here by two people on that spectrum. I myself am not, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this is just going to be more of like an interviewing type episode. So Augustine, if you wanted, I know that you said you had research that yes. you're doing about asexuality. Do you want to talk Indeed. about that? Yeah, so basically I'm doing a departmental honors thesis right now, so it's kind of the gender 180, sorry, 198A, 198B, 198C sequence, and my advisor is Dr. Grace Hong, and basically we're kind of evaluating asexuality as sort of like its potential to be a radical feminist and queer identity, and that kind of determines that like asexuality does belong in like the queer community and sort of like advocating for asexuality to be seen beyond a binary, especially in terms of intersectional factors like race and ethnicity. That's so cool. Wait, so, sorry, I might be just dumb, <laughs> no but can you expand what you mean by being like a feminist identity? Oh, I guess, I mean, it's interesting because I know some people are sort of like, there are different like poles of like feminism so there's like sex positive and sex negative and in many cases there's a lot of discourse in feminist communities about sort of like what would be sort of like like a sex work like is that like feminist you know and so asexuality I know some people can see it as like prudish which it's not like that's a stereotype or like some people might sort of see like asexuality as like antithetical to queerness as in it's not a queer identity because it's the lack of when truly it's not. Wait, so is that kind of like, have you read Kaji Amin's article, like the queer taxonomy one? I'm sorry, not to, <laughs> not to be called academic <laughs> no, no, no. about it all, but I mean, no, I know, like... It was the one he yes. gave the lecture on. Were you that there? That was so cool. No, I wish I was. Okay, but have you read the article? Not as much as I would Can like to. Okay, no, it's so <laughs> valid. Anyway, yeah, I don't remember the exact, like, full title, but I believe it's just, like, Queer Taxonomy, but I wrote an article on it, it's on our site, but, um, it has, like, a part where it talks about asexuality and how, like, it's often, like, excluded from, like, discussions about queerness because it, if you, like, or, like, labeling makes it just, like, another identity, but asexuality actually has, like, a disruptive power to, like, overturn, like, our entire society's, like, conceptions about sexuality because, like, if you say asexual is just another identity, you're just saying it's, like, the lack of, like, sexual attraction or whatever. And then that's just kind of, like, letting it just be its own thing. But I'm not explaining this very well. No, no, but no. Um, it's saying, like, if you actually consider what asexuality is, it's saying that, like, sexuality, like, isn't a core part of a human identity or the human experience. So it, it, like, kind of disrupts the idea that, like, sexuality is one of the, like, defining factors of being, like, a human and what, like, identity is. Yeah, that's what Kajiami was saying in his article. So I feel like it was related to what you were saying. I don't know if that's, like, I'm reading your, like, no, I research think so. right. But... It's, like, such a queer... Sorry, it's such a cool perspective. It is and a queer a perspective. perspective. It is um, a queer perspective. <laughs> because one of the researchers I reference the most, I'm actually going to the NWSA conference, so that's National Women's Studies Association, and they have an asexuality caucus. So basically that's one so of cool. the leaders for that is KJ Sarankowski, um, who's this really, like, cool, queer, sort of, like, you know, 
like they very much view asexuality as this sort of like inherently queer identity so like it's really interesting to see how like Katya means sort of like proposes that like it's not just like another like queer label mm -hmm. because like you know there's also the implication that queerness is the opposite of heterosexuality too mm -hmm. and that like asexuality is sort of like the lack of so yeah yeah and it also came up in context with like agender sort which is not the topic of this episode but like that it has the same like disruptive power no, yeah, and it's always interesting because I think people typically, like, assign a gender to everything, you mm -hmm. know, and it's so interesting to see the person just sort of say, like, I'm disrupting this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, I have a question about something you said while you were talking. Oh, yeah. You said that you felt like asexuality wasn't just another queer label. It was more of, like, a, an identity. Can you expand on that? Hmm. Let's see. I think that was kind of something... I might have been referencing Kaji. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, that's interesting. I guess because like asexuality, it could be defined as like not experiencing sexual and or romantic attraction, right? So, um, yeah, I guess maybe what you were pointing out was like when I said like asexuality is usually seen as like in opposition to queerness, and then we kind of have the perspective that like asexuality can be a queer identity and it's sort of like asexuality just like turns the whole thing on its head i don't even know how to answer this succinctly but like it's a good <laughs> you question you don't have to be succinct <laughs> oh my goodness um wait what were the part what was the part you were referring to oh it's what just they said? they said something about when they were talking about um i think what KJ, and I forget the last name. Kaji. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Uh, oh, okay. KJ Sarankowski. Sorry, we got two people. <laughs> they have similar yeah. yes. Um Well, they were talking about their work at the conference. They said something about how uh, queerness, like asexuality, isn't just another queer label. It's um, like a separate identity almost. Uh, I, just, I think that's what Kaji Amin would argue. Kaji Amin? Yeah, I think. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, Sarah would probably argue that asexuality is inherently queer. Like, it belongs into the queer community. And that's kind of the perspective that I've been taking on since, like, I was involved in, like, a lot of online communities like Tumblr, for example, or Twitter. And so there's the ace discourse online that sort of says, like, we need to push asexuals out of this community, otherwise we'll take our resources. But that same logic is also applied, and this is a huge part of my research, too, like, the parallels between the ace experience, the bisexual experience, and the transgender experience, since I'm also trans as in genderqueer and in biromantic. So I just think, like, it's a very multi-layered question. No, definitely. I'm curious about, like, the parallels. Like, can you expand more on that? Yeah, I guess, like, when I was framing my research, I was thinking of, like, the exclusion part of it. Mm -hmm. But then there's also, like, the expansion of, like, because there is sort of, like, homonormativity, right? And so mm -hmm. we have heteronormativity in which sort of, like, queer people try to, like, assimilate into, like, heterosexual structures. And one example of this could be, like, the debate on queer marriage, right? Like, should, like, two women be wedded or two men? And so I guess, like, what's really, like, interesting about that is sort of, like, you know, like, with bisexuality, like, a lot of people think of it as, like, you can only, like, be attracted to one gender, and an well, asexuality is, like, If I yeah. can, I, I see where you're going. It's sort of, like, the stereotype where it would be, like, oh, like, lesbian until graduation, when you're actually, you've been bisexual the whole time. That's or it's, it. like, when people see, like, one part of your identity, and then you express another part... They assume that you've been, like, faking it the whole time. Like, the whole thing where if you're asexual and not, and, like, sex neutral or something and willing to have sex sometimes, people assume that you're, like, 
lying. And that's like, and like stealing resources. Being like yeah. People just assume that you like mm. making stuff up. You like lying. <laughs> lying for fun. That's actually a parallel I've never considered. Oh. You had something to do with I was like, what the whole point you were making? No, but like, it's so. I love that because, like, I think what you're kind of alluding to, too, is like asexuality, bisexuality, and being transgender break down a binary inherently. Yeah. And when people see yeah, you violating true. that binary instead of questioning their foundational assumption, they yeah. assume that you're the problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Actually, from what you were saying, you felt like your research really brought together your asexual environmentic and genderqueer identities. Do you feel like your asexuality influences any of that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I guess, like, for my asexuality and biromantic identity specifically, like, in terms of the split attraction model, I would say, like, I'm asexual and probably sex positive. And then, like, for my romantic orientation, I am biromantic in the sense that, like, I'm attracted to pretty much anyone of any gender. Like, it's so funny. Like, I think I described myself as, like, milk percentage attracted <laughs> to, like, cishet men until I came to the realization that, like, trans men are so beautiful. <laughs> they truly are. Oh, my God. And so, like, you know, then I had a realization. Um, but for the most part, I would say, like, I'm attracted to, like, women, femmes, um, like, non-binary people who sort of, like, express themselves in a more, like, feminine way. But, like, you know, in terms of, like, the asexuality affecting, like, the biromanticism, it's really interesting because, like, I think... Oh my gosh, when I was on Tumblr, like, I identified as, like, le every letter of the alphabet until like, I hit asexuality, and then I was like, this is such a mood. Which is funny, because A is the first letter of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, it's really interesting, actually, because I guess, like, in terms of my asexual identity, that was, like, the last option for me, but it also became such a core part of my identity that it really informed other parts of my identity. And so, like, it's really interesting to see how, like, you know, like, my asexuality, especially, like, the gray romanticism, like, you know, because I think there's also the assumption that bisexual people are hypersexual, and so it's almost mm -hmm. like, like, people really pin these two identities as, like, polar opposites when truly they're not, you know? That's interesting. I don't know if your place on the A spectrum is influenced by any of your other identities. <laughs> no, I was literally Talk just talking to yeah, no. JQ about this before. <laughs> We started recording, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I do identify on the A spectrum, but, like, not super confidently, I would say, because I think, like, for me, because I'm also trans, for me, it's, like, interesting to think about because I feel like it's, like, the ever-present question that haunts me is, like, am I on the A spectrum or do I just have dysphoria? And I, because I feel like that can, like, really be a big barrier to, like, thinking about things that are, like, sexual and, like, that kind of things that involve, like, the body and are so, like, you need to, like, embody and, like, be present in yourself to, like, think about those kinds of things. Um, so, but I think for me, like, that's probably the main way, like, my other identities intersect with being, like, ace. But I also feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it kind of... They also came up, like, around the same time, because it was, like, okay, going back to high school, <laughs> time travel moment, but, yeah, I, in high school, I was really silly. I would, like, go around, and, like, <laughs> I wasn't really, like, identifying as queer, but I knew something was, like, up, but I would, like, go around and, yeah, and, like, grill all of my friends, and not even friends, like, acquaintances, <laughs> too, and I'd be, like, so... Do you think about sex often? Do you experience <laughs> sexual attraction? How do you know you're experiencing sexual attraction? 
And then they would just be like, like, they would answer me. But it was also silly because I went to, like, a private Christian academy. So it was interesting because, like, usually my friends who were, like, you know, cis, like, cishet guys, they would, like, answer, like, pretty straightforwardly. They'd be like, well, it's, you know, like, this, this, like, yes, and then etc. But, like, a lot of the girls I asked would say they don't really, like, think about sex and stuff, which was, like, interesting to me because I knew, like, they had also told me before that they were having sex with their boyfriends. So I was like, the dots are not dotting. Which is obviously, like, you know, you can be, like, asexual and, like, you know, sex positive and, like, that kind of stuff. But, you know, that, I think, was more, like, obviously maybe some of them now, like, identify on the A spectrum or something like that. But I do think a a lot of it was also, like, gender norms and, like, Christian, like, expectations on, like, women's sexuality, which is, like, interesting, and I feel like that, like, also was, like, pretty formative for me, because, like, I'm AFAB, Mm -hmm. so I think, like, that's also been, like, another thing, where there's, like, a lot of things that are, like, making you kind of, like, doubt yourself, because, like, if you think, I don't know, I have a friend who's, like, ace, and they were always saying, like, yeah, I'm kind of, like, the ideal like Christian ideal because they're like don't have sex and don't have sexual attraction but then they're like suddenly when you reach a certain age they're like why aren't you married with children and Mm -hmm. so they're like yeah it's kind of like a weird like in-between space and I feel like that's also been something that's like I affected like the way I've like come to that like journey and like that kind of thing that's actually so illuminating by any chance did like the cisgender and heterosexual guys did they define like their sexuality as like a physiological response or like I don't remember, like, super clearly, but I think they would just be, like, like, I don't think any of them were, like, yeah, and then I get a boner. <laughs> but, okay, good to know. Um, maybe they okay. did. I don't... <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, like, at the time, they think this, like, girl they kind of know walks up to them and is, like... Yeah. It's like, hey, I got some questions for you. How often do you feel sexual around? <laughs> but no, like the libido and like asexuality spectrum, you know, divide. It's really interesting. Right, right, yeah. I think most of them they were just like, yeah, I think girls are hot and yeah. I want to like make out with them and also have sex with them. It was kind of more like that, which is like what you would expect, cool. I think. Yeah. But that would be pretty funny if they were like, yeah, I know because I get a boner. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm trying to decide whether this is, like, too tangential or if we can pull it back to being on topic. Because I feel like there's something there that really is, like, this is how gender essentialism gets made, you know? Mm. Like, you don't start out with a gender essentialism, but then by the time you reach high school, you've been, like, so exposed to purity culture with two vastly different sets of norms that you can't, like, ungender essential yourself, almost. Like, it's very difficult. No, I think that's that's definitely related, because I feel like the, like, I mean, obviously, I can't totally, like, speak on this, but at least for my friend um, who is ace, they're, they're AMAB, so they were raised, like, like, as a guy. And for them, like, I think their experience was, like, very different, because it they would say, like, it was much more expected of them, because they also grew up in, like, a conservative Christian environment. But it was much more expected of them to, like, express sexual feelings and, like, express, like, sexual attraction towards, like, women specifically when that just, like, wasn't really, like, the case for them versus, like, me and, like, I had mostly female friends growing up and, like, those girls, 
we didn't really like talk about like sex that much and it was kind of like taboo and like even if you did want to have sex you weren't really supposed to say it even if you were like actively having sex <laughs> which is like yeah so i do i do feel like that's very related i don't know if that like resonates for you at all mm. oh my goodness i was like pretty much socialized as a girl right like mm -hmm. i'm also afab and so um, I'm just kind of thinking about like the ties with my gender queer identity too, because like I probably wouldn't have realized the expansiveness of my own gender identity had I not been asexual, you know? That's like I feel like I might have like identified as like just like bi-romantic and bisexual and then like maybe like cisgender. So I feel like there's like definitely like a gender component to it too, you know? What, how do you think like being ace like opens you up to like that, to your gender, I guess? You know how some people assume that, like, if I'm asexual and I'm not attracted to, like, sexually attracted to either gender, then I must be attracted to both genders? Yeah. That was kind of the vibe. <laughs> okay. And then I guess, like, you were saying that, like, kind of influenced your your gender, like, specifically, not, not necessarily who you were into, or did I mishear you? Let's see. I mean, it could go both ways in the sense that, like, you know, I'm biromantic and genderqueer, so, like, mm -hmm. there's, like, a whole sort of, like plethora of like potential attraction there you know mm -hmm. probably the most strongly connected ones are in fact the biromantic identity and the gender queer identity but it's really interesting to see how sort of like the asexuality almost like triangulates in that space you know yeah. sorry at risk of being too blunt no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so valid is there like a specific point you want me to touch upon or just kind of like the general concept because i might have been circling around yeah i guess like the asexuality part like how you think that influences like your gender and like like that part like how asexuality ties into both those things hmm. okay so i guess going back to the point where i was sort of like if i strictly identified as like bisexual then i probably would have assumed that it was like cisgender too yeah it's like a funny connection like i know it's there um i guess like in terms of like being genderqueer and like asexual because i remember at a point like i kind of identified as like new choice too but that didn't fit mm -hmm. either so it's like sorry, what does that mean oh sorry um it's kind <laughs> of like a gender identity oh, so it's okay. like you know like not identifying as like man woman and you know to an extent almost rejecting like the non-binary identity in the sense and mm -hmm. just saying like i'm without gender you know mm -hmm. yeah or like new choice could also be viewed as like like two genders counseling out or could be seen as like its own distinct thing too like there are a lot of like variations of like yeah. a gender also Gosh. Sorry, it was just a word that I haven't heard before. No, yeah, and it sounds Frenchy, which <laughs> <laughs> I love. Rinko Buddy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Oh. I guess. I guess if you want to like ponder on that further, that just made me think about like, I guess like for me, like, I feel like aromanticism and asexuality like also intersect. Like, I like intersect for me like quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like realizing like that kind of like maybe I, I was on, like, the early spectrum. It's kind of, like, been going back and forth since, like, high school. Oh. I, like, I'm, like, yeah, I am on both the spectrums, and then I'm, like, no, maybe, and then it, it's been a little bit of a journey. But I think for me, like, um, as I was, like, coming to terms with, like, being, like, a trans guy and, like, that kind of stuff, for me, like, being arrow ace sort of, like, opened up gender presentation for me. Oh, cool. Because I think, like, realizing that, at least, like, being in a space where I was, like, I'm not necessarily trying to, like, um, pursue anyone or something made me feel like I had to cater less. Especially since, like, 
because I would say like I'm on the spectrum for like at least asexuality for sure. Um, so I do like experience like uh, attraction towards men, and I feel like specifically for like a lot of the like queer people I've interacted with were like cis up until like I came to UCLA, and so like when my perception of like men as like a group was like mostly cis, it was it's like gender is more like strict I feel like, and also like growing up christian so a lot of the gay guys i knew had like more like rigid ideas about like gender and stuff too because it was already hard for them to unpack being gay so there was kind of like a pressure to be like very like cis presenting like more masculine because that was like all i heard like my gay guy friends like say they were attracted to but i feel like stepping away from that and being like i'm not trying to pursue anyone allowed me to like explore like more feminine like gender presentations and stuff like that Oh my goodness, like, that makes me reflect slightly tangential, but, like, with asexuality, you know how there can be, like, romantic attraction, aesthetic attraction, mm-hmm. like, beyond just sexual attraction. Just sub- That's actually really interesting. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> no, sorry. I know, you're because I feel like there is, not to make it about myself, no, but I feel no, like please. when it comes to second-guessing <laughs> yourself, I feel like there's so much there with, like, being a lesbian and being ace because like literally recently I've been like interrogating myself about what if I secretly have a crush on my friend who's male uh-huh. and I like I'm hiding it from myself and I don't know it even <laughs> so I feel like that's, that's so like I feel like the experience of second guessing yourself because it's very hard to prove the absence of something yeah mm-hmm. I really feel like that's an experience common to a lot of queer identities yeah but especially asexuality yeah, I feel like that's definitely true. And then, yeah, I feel like there are obviously more similarities between, like, queer identities than there are not. So, yeah, still related. No, I think we can um, build off of that. Because I have, like, how did you realize you were on the A spectrum? Because I feel like we've talked about it in terms of identity, but I would like personal anecdotes, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there a time... Sure. Um, I think I was like 13-ish and on Tumblr. And then like later on I entered like a gender sexuality alliance in my high school. So like that must have been ninth grade. And it's just like it's such a wild experience because I think like at that point like I was already friends with a lot of like juniors and seniors. And so it felt like they already knew who they were, you know. So I remember like seeking out so much information and like I'm not even sure if I had like an actual realization. I think I just like stuck with the label like asexual. Like, to see, like, how that would, like, play out. But it really does describe a lot of my life experiences, too. Oh, my goodness. And just, like, just, like, my interactions with other, like, ace people within the community, I think, helped me come to that realization, you know? Um, I guess for me, like, it has, like I said, it's been kind of, like, <laughs> a very chaotic kind of no, journey. No, but, like, it's always a journey. The yeah. chaos is what makes it a journey. Literally. And it's, like, funny, too, because I feel like the gender journey was also complicated, but in a more, like, linear fashion, which isn't necessarily, like, obviously it doesn't have to be linear. But I think for me, I just, like, like, that's why I was so obsessed with, like, curling all my classmates in, like, high school, because I just didn't really feel that strongly towards, like, people in general. And I would, like, hear my friends, like, talk about, like, oh, like, that guy's, like, really hot, or, like, you know, I want to, like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah like mm, i don't know make out with him or whatever and i'd be like that's crazy y'all like making this <laughs> up or for real for real like slash serious um 
And then I guess I, like, started to realize that, like, people were, like, serious about that. <laughs> and I think, like, that's just kind of, like, when I realized, I was like, yeah, I just, like, don't really, like, have, like, obviously, I think things are more, less, like, boxed in than we think they are like so i don't think like every hour magic person is like down to fuck 24 7 obviously (laughs) but i started to realize that like people did experience like sexual attraction like and it was like a pretty influential thing in like their life that was pretty like i don't know like like not constant but like it was like it came up more (laughs) and i was like yeah that's just like not really like my experience i think it was just like a slow like yeah like something and, like, people would always point out to me, like, in high school, they were, like, you never talk about, like, guys. And I was, like, well, there's a lot to unpack there. But um, <laughs> part of the reason was, I think, like, the A-spectrum stuff. So I think, like, yeah, I think it was just, like, oh, yeah, I just, as people, like, started to talk about more being, like, yeah, I just don't, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, other girls. <laughs> but, yeah, and then it was kind of more, like, serious. But not, like, other girls' experience. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then, in a sense, too, like, the aloe or sort of, like, non-asexual communities, like, what really defines, like, sort of, like, an aloe identity is, like, the frequency and intensity of sexual attraction. And then you're just kind of like, oh, my goodness, that relates so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is interesting. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, we can do the um, asexual representation in media one. I feel like that one's fun, and also we can um, do discourse. So true. I cannot... I'll cut this bit out, I guess, but I cannot believe you're like, we need to have more discourse than outright... <laughs> outright time. <tactics laughs> Hello? Yeah, no, I just think we should be more controversial, but not in a bad way. Yeah. No. <laughs> I feel like anytime someone brings up the asexual discourse TM, it's to have the most rancid take I've ever heard, though. No, no, I meant in the way where, like, we dismantle why discourse is, like, stupid. Yeah, so yeah. true. Where it's like, if you knew, if queer youth knew their history, we would not be discoursing about these silly things. Um, have you seen that photo of the Pride March in, I think, like, the early 90s? That's, like, the giant banner saying asexuals, like, marching here. No, I don't think I don't so. Know. It, like, so cool. makes me so happy. I'll see if I can find the photo. Yes, like, overlay. Overlay, yeah. <laughs> the whole discourse thing, though, like, I seek to invalidate your identity. It's just like, why, why do you have to do that? I'm just, like, curious, I guess, is obviously, like, well, I guess not obviously, but I was on Tumblr, too. <laughs> yes. No, yeah, um, everyone here is on Tumblr. Alyssa may be excluded. She's off camera. Were you, on, were you, were on, you Tumblr? on Tumblr? Oh, really? That's yeah. so okay. bad. You, you, know, four, you saved yourself. One in four queer people was not on Tumblr. <laughs> I'm sure you have the facts and the stats. But yeah, I think like, I definitely saw the ace discourse as well on Tumblr. But I don't, I'm not sure if I've ever encountered it in real life. I'm just curious if like, what your experience have been. Like, obviously I've I've received like, or I've heard people like invalidate like ace identity. Right. Um, But it's mostly been like non-queer people, but I'm just like interested. Because I haven't, I don't really talk to people about it that often, I'm going to be honest. I guess... From, like, my standpoint, because basically, since high school and during community college, and now even at UCLA, like, we have Queer Alliance, right? Right. Going back to community college, we had the Sexuality and Gender Acceptance Club of Mount Sac, so it's called Saga, now it's called Pride Club, and back in high school, I had the No Hate GSA, right? Um, It's funny, because, like, those, like, aphobic practices, right, like, the kind of, like, aerophobia, like, oh, like, you don't like romance, and you're, like, destined to, like, you know, 
be in an unhappy relationship or like you know like why can't he just like like this thing and then like you know like ace phobia which is sort of like specifically towards like the sexuality element of it like oh like you know, like, all of that, like, aphobia, it doesn't really exist in, like, gender sexuality-oriented or spaces, and, like, it's really mm -hmm. interesting because I think, like, it's very, like, restrained almost to the online discourse because people just think they can get away with saying that sort of mm -hmm. thing, and, you know, maybe it just makes them feel good to, like, police identities in that respect, but I think most people have been pretty constructed in my experience. That's maybe good. that's why you haven't, like, encountered it mm -hmm. as much in person. Yeah, I guess it's just, like, the chronically online brain rot. <laughs> to cause people yeah. to be silly online. That and I do. I definitely feel like it was feel like it's gone down in how toxic it is. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like I'm watching like the mushrooms come back after the <laughs> fallout in terms of like Ace community. That's okay. good. Yeah, no, I I definitely think that's true. I guess the I guess we kind of got sidetracked from the Ace representation. We were um, Oops, we were fulfilling shit. your vision for outright. Oh, what that's so that? true. <laughs> I, must I, I don't want chaos. I promise. Yeah, yeah. One last comment. <laughs> well, let's comment about the ace discourse. Um, the people are so weird. Like, I feel like aphobes are also like you know they identify themselves as like turfs. You're just like a trans exclusionist and an aphobe. You know, at that point. Wait, what do you mean? Because they're kind of using like a similar logic that like trans exclusionists would use sort of like oh we're gonna oust these like trans people from the community because like they don't benefit us or because like we think that queerness is only like same-sex attraction like it's interesting which is like limiting like, which is like limiting like the scope yeah. is limiting and like it's not like expensive enough to really encompass like the diversity of identity mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it always boils Oh, yeah. I, I feel mean, like, like when you see someone um, in person, it's harder to like randomly bring up that you think that they're like a piece of shit who should leave the space that they're in, like to find community. I think, that's, <laughs> I think there's a general peer pressure to not kick people out of communities, which can in some cases be negative, but I think on the whole it leads to um, more productive conversations than are had online. <laughs> yes, hopefully. And also, like the term, like gold star lesbian like i've seen people use like gold star asexual too and it's like it's so disheartening like in sense of like oh you have to prove that you're asexual by not having sex with other people not when even, that doesn't even define like you yeah, know like, that doesn't really make also like not even by not having sex with people by not ever having had sex with people and instead having like figured yourself out by like i don't know whenever That's people awesome. start having sex <laughs> like it pisses me off. It does. <laughs> like, that expectation that people always have to know from the get-go anyways, you yeah. know? Like, having mm -hmm. one prior relationship with someone who's, like, man or male-identified, like, that doesn't exclude you from being a lesbian. Like, there's obviously your personal sense of identity and your future. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, like, maybe you only come to an asexual identity later, and, like, even if it's, like, related to trauma or something... That's still a valid identity to have, even mm -hmm. if your identity has objectively and measurably changed over time. That doesn't mean that you're not queer now. It just means that maybe previously you didn't have this identity and you weren't, like, you didn't feel like a part of the queer community. Yeah, and especially, like, not having access to those terms especially, you know? Like, how do you know that you're asexual if you don't have access to the word in the first place? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah no, I think that's, like, such a good point to bring up because I feel like, like... I, like we were talking about earlier with the, um, you were saying like by 
sexual like identity and like asexual identity has like a lot of overlap because people doubt them so often and i think like that's such an important thing to bring up is that even if you do like change your mind later that doesn't invalidate the fact that you're like that you were ace at that time and that was the word that like served you and doesn't mean that like other ace people are going to like change their mind later or something like that which seems so basic to say but i feel like that's something that people are like scared of like the labels serve us we don't serve those labels exactly yeah and yeah i mean i'm just going back to like the whole thing where it's like it's important also to realize that people can figure it out later but also that people don't ever have to like have sex to like figure out they don't want to ever do it or like that's not obviously that's not what defines asexuality but i feel like that's also like a pressure you put it like, oh, just try it out once, or you like find the right person, like, oh, haunted. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna find the right person. No, literally, oh, that's yeah. that's, so that's the common one that like every like oh. I feel like every sexuality like that's yeah. been years. Someday, someday we will be free. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. Let's talk about something happy. Oh, oh the representation, maybe? Yeah, you know, let's do the representation one, because now I'm depressed about how queer liberation is so difficult no. to <laughs> Cast it from your heart. <laughs> SpongeBob makes me happy. I love the emphasis on platonic relationships. Like, he's so in love with Patrick in the same... Well, actually, not in the same way, but, like, the way he's in love with Patrick and the way he's in love with Sandy and the way he's in love with Squidward, like, it's just so wholesome. I, I haven't seen Spongebob. I also have never seen Spongebob. <laughs> but, uh, I what? you. <laughs> okay, um, I mean, my personal headcanon for him is that, like, he's probably homoromantic. I haven't decided if I like Squidbot better or Spongebob and Patrick. <laughs> I've never thought of it from, like, a shipping perspective, or and that's why it's so... Or get embroiled in such a whole new discourse that, like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I must be so chronically on Tumblr because of the whole ship relationship dynamic. Oh, my gosh. But, like, I definitely see him as, like, being very asexual, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be so for real. I don't have takes on ace representation. <laughs> I, I think it's important. That's my take. But yeah, I, I don't. There should be more. Yeah, there yeah. should be more, definitely. Yeah. I know, I was really surprised at how many, like, random examples you came up with. Question mark. Because A, I've never heard of any of them except for SpongeBob. I have heard of SpongeBob, even if I have not watched it. Um, and B, I feel like a lot of times when people talk about, like, headcanon characters as ace, I feel like there's a lot of, um, like, non-human characters that come up, uh, especially, mm-hmm. like, like robots, robots and stuff. Yeah. Which is, like, a whole, yeah. a whole other can of worms that's, like, I feel like it just does really tie back into people seeing sexuality, like, sexual attraction specifically as an integral it component hurts. of humanity. Yeah, yeah. Human. yeah, wait, okay, never mind, maybe I do have takes. No, no, yeah, that's totally like, have takes. <laughs> yeah, that's so real. I feel like... Mm, okay, never mind. It cast from my mind. Now, now my I'm just I just remembered that like what's her face from the Owl Houses airways. Oh, oh uh, the old lady. Yeah, Lilla. No, oh, not no. Ida. Ida's the sister. Her sister. Oh, cool. No, I also hair, never I watched the Owl House. I watched one episode of the oh, Owl House. It's a with huge my ex girlfriend, and then I didn't like it. Oh, oh that's so valid. <laughs> Anyways, but she is she is airways. I think. Yeah, sure. and I think Paradox from Steven Universe is also mm-hmm. airways. Yeah, the, I feel like the. Red. The green fella? Yeah, the green one. The triangle one. Like, the green 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 one. Like, the
Yeah. Actually, every small one. Yeah. I also never watched Steven Universe. But it's interesting because, like, in that specific fandom, there's like discourse because a lot of people shift Lapidot, which right. is like Lapis Lazuli and Peridot. And then, like, so many people were contesting, like, would this relationship even work if Peridot were Aero Ace? And that already comes with its own set of problems because, like, That's y'all are completely. Aero Ace? Canonically? I believe so. Oh, I think okay. they confirmed it outside of the show. Yeah, but like, word of God, it's so fake, except yeah, for when I personally truly, agree with it. Feels it feels so yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess the point I'm trying to get at is like, people neglect like queer platonic relationships so much, they don't identify these relationships as valid, and it's just, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the reason why we need more like ace representation is because, like, because I'm seeing on the notes like Isaac from Heartstopper and stuff, and like the ones we've also discussed. Um, I feel like there's, like, a thread, like, not only the not-human thing, but also, like, nerdy. Yeah, and, sort of, like, socially inept. Yeah, and I feel like that is also, like, it's always not a good thing when representation is, like, across the board the same, because it, like, fails to capture the breadth of the human experience or whatever. It's... And, yeah. So monodimensional, and also the exclusion of people of color from ace representation. I've noticed yeah. that a lot. More, more. I feel like people are more inclined to say a white person is asexual, and that's acceptable. And yet, this person of color equivalent can't be. Okay. Yeah, or like East Asian coded characters oh. are often like categorized as like. <laughs> no, also, yeah. So I feel like there is part of that where people are hesitant to. And this is going to sound insane to like give characters more than one marginalized identity, because it's like, oh, that's so unrealistic. How can you be a person of color and asexual? <laughs> like, fellas, <laughs> make more friends. Yeah, no, that's real. And also, like, the hypersexualization of, like, black and brown people, especially, I feel like, ties into that, too. And what's interesting, not only the hypersexualization, but the de-romanticization, like, they don't have a romantic orientation, and yet, like, they have, like, a high libido or, like, a very sexuality-oriented. Mm -hmm. So they aren't allowed to engage in, like, you know, like, things that, like, white people would be expected to do, like, hand-holding or, like, affection, like, mm -hmm. hugging. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely an issue. Yeah, and I think, like, I don't know, this is kind of going back to, like, uh -huh. the previous part of the conversation, but I think I would like to see more, like, ace characters who are, like, like, not, like... I mean, I guess, like, sexy. Like, but, like, not in a way where, like, it's, like, oh, they're having sex and they're ace. But, like, like that could be, too. That could be cool, too. But, like, just, like, they don't always have to be, like, nerds. Yeah. yeah. Ace characters that people could be attracted to who also are not aliens. Yeah. Have you heard the, like... <laughs> the Jessica Rabbit as Ace again. Where, I actually like, think that one's pretty cute. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. that would be good representation if that were, like, an actual thing. Yeah. Is it confirmed? Oh, no, I think no. it's just a headcanon, yeah. Okay. It was an old movie. Yeah, people just, yeah, just, like, to headcanon her is that. And I think, like, there's also been, like, some discussions of, like, well, this is getting into, like, speculating about real people, which is, you know, iffy territory, yeah. but, like, Marilyn Monroe. Hmm, I've heard oh, of her being know. addressed as, like, an asexual icon, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Go also, on. like, sapphic. <laughs> yeah i don't know she wrote like very romantic and from my understanding i haven't like really researched this so this could be like not true and maybe need to do more research <laughs> but from what i've heard it's like she would write very like romantic things to other women and about other women and then was like recorded stating that she did not enjoy sex and did not want to have sex so either like mm. sapphic or like ace or maybe both which i think is like kind of slay because you know she's like one of the biggest like 
sex symbols of like ever. Yeah, America. Current, modern, yeah, ever. Exactly. <laughs> no, I just like it actually hadn't occurred to me how much um, before like identifying as a lesbian was like a socially known option. Because if you're in like, I don't know, 1860 or something, and you don't want to have sex with men and you're a woman, there's like not really, that's like being expected to have sex with men is such the defining aspect of your sexuality on like a cultural level Mm -hmm. that it feels like rejecting that has like a lot of commonalities apart from the existence of sexual attraction at all. Mm-hmm. Like overlap between like lesbian yeah, experiences like, and ace women's yeah. like, experiences. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. And what's interesting too is like I feel like being a lesbian is a very hyper visible identity, at least in like modern society, you know? Like it's a very like like for example, like cisgender men turning to like lesbian porn, right? Or seeing like lesbianism as like a porn category, like yeah. And, like, asexuality in contrast could be seen as, like, this very, like, invisible or often overlooked identity. True. (laughs) (laughs) Have y'all watched Sex Education? Like, I've seen everything except for the latest season. I've never watched any media. (laughs) (laughs) I really watch any media, so you're all good. Have you heard of the character O? I remember there was, like, one scene with a character that was ace at some point in the show. Are they fleshed out more? Because I heard that storyline was cut more than... It was supposed to be longer. It was supposed to be longer. But I, I haven't seen the newest season. I'm familiar with kind of, like, the news and the speculation surrounding it. So apparently there's this, like, really great era ace advocate and activist named Yasmin Benoit. And so I believe she's, like, British and she also identifies as black. She's really cool, actually. And, like, she actually highlights this... So- the sort of like asexual as a sexy and empowering. Just to interview her. <laughs> she is so cool. Oh my gosh, we need someone like that. Um, and so I guess like what's interesting is just like the sense of like Benoit was like sort of like, I'm not sure what you call it, but sort of like you know helping with like writing a consultant basically on behalf of like the Aero and Ace community. And so, yeah, a lot of storylines were cut for, like, O's character. It must have been really disappointing, you know? But it also highlights how, like, asexual representation... Oh, so they were showing the show. Yes, That's really exactly. But the thing is, like, O's representation must have been disappointing, but it's also, like, does asexual representation need to be perfect, you know? Because, like, heterosexual representation certainly isn't, but it's allowed to be, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I think you're making... Well, actually, I don't want to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. I was okay. completely about to change the topic. Like, oh, okay. completely. <laughs> I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge that heterosexual representation... It feels weird to use the word representation. <laughs> oh, gosh. The straight but rep. I, yeah, the straight rep. Um, like, doesn't have to be perfect to exist. But I also think you're overlooking that a lot of heterosexual representation should be critiqued for being, like... Okay, I always I also yeah, so lost. What's happening? I think I okay. still <laughs> mean, you know no, how no, like Twilight Wait, was a mega blockbuster and right. has a deeply unhealthy straight yes. relationship. That should be critiqued also. Yes, I There's, agree. Cr- critiquing is not a zero sum game, and just because I think we should have like a little less heterosexual representation hmm. doesn't mean that the asexual representation that there is now is like 
I think I see what perfect, you or that the studio shouldn't be critiqued for the storyline because they cut so much of it and made it an actively worse story than it would have otherwise been. Like, I think that's worthy of critique, even regardless of straight people. Honestly, like, even if it was, like, a straight storyline, like, it still should be critiqued because, like, there's a person of color involved and, like, there's also just, like, the, Im- the unfortunate implications that go with that, you know? Like, like, no, I guess it, what I'm trying to say, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Steven Universe discourse, but no. basically, like, well, you know, <laughs> probably a little bit, but entirely by accident. Good. Against your will. People send Rebecca Sugar death threats for being problematic. That's what I mean. Like, I guess that's kind of like what I'm hinting at. But like, absolutely. Like, you know, all of those forms of representation should be like appropriately addressed and criticized, you know, otherwise we're not. Yeah. And then we're just like con- constantly settling for less, you know, and lowering yeah, our like, expectations. <laughs> I'm not sure the Steven Universe discourse is the best way, is the best place to make that point, though. You know? <laughs> I don't think Rebecca Sugar should have received those death threats. Even if she was problematic, a, a situation which I am not taking oh, a stance on. Hold on. <laughs> Honestly, I watched that whole show and I don't even have opinions on it. Oh my goodness. Change the topic. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now your topic change. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Not to go back to depressing things, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, When you were like realizing you were asexual, do you think you had to grapple with like because the common narrative that the society feeds people about like asexual people is that they're like broken for not wanting sex? Mm. Is that something you felt like you had to grapple with? If you're comfortable answering that question. Actually, yeah, because, um, so at first I identified as asexual but sex negative, and that was largely due to, like, a childhood trauma that Mm -hmm. I experienced, and so I was kind of thinking, like, and even now I kind of grapple with, like, what will make me whole? Like, is that a sexual relationship? Mm -hmm. Is that finding, like, another half? But then, like, it's also coming to the realization that I'm already an individual on my own, and Mm -hmm. that I am whole, and that I am complete, and that, like, I just make myself complete in different ways that, like, other people wouldn't expect or anticipate. Yeah, I agree. That's like... Thank you. I'm glad you're on that journey. Thank you. Actually, it's weird. Oh my gosh, because like, could you imagine? We are both 22-ish right now, right? I'm 21, yeah. Okay, so like, (laughs) 10 years in the future, like a decade later, or even like half a decade, we might be considered asexual elders at one point. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) I don't know. That's a whole other can of worms. Isn't, like, like Jasmine Benoit not, only, like, 28 or something? Okay, but, like, not 30-year-old people being <laughs> elders. Like... Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, but yeah. the true elder of this community is, like, ace dad advice. I loved him so much. I don't know that. Um, they wrote a book called I Am Ace recently. That's so cool. their name is, like, Cody Daigle Orians, I believe. They're so cool. It doesn't ring a bell, but that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... Yeah, that's a whole other kind of... I'm not going to get into, like, <laughs> the queer elder <laughs> conversation, but yeah. Well, yeah, let's not, because it will get really depressing really fast. Yeah. <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not the current global pandemic, too, you know? No. Like, we okay. already had the queer one, and now it's like, mm-hmm. and what if everyone died again? But definitely that expectation, like, I think people just assume, like, being asexual is this joyless experience, and that we're doomed to be, like, suffering and miserable forever. Yeah. People assume that about a lot of queer identities, but especially asexuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I guess it's just, like, interesting, because I don't know, like, personally, if I've ever had the, like, 
oh, you're like broken if you're like not wanting to have sex, whatever, mm. as much as like other people like that kind of thing. But it does kind of like sometimes like I feel like for me, what was like more like at the forefront of my mind was like it sounds fun. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I was like it seems seems like it's like and that kind of thing. But then like mm. I feel like the <laughs> well, I guess not to be TMI. We could cut this out if you're like this is too TMI later. But I feel like, um, for me, I was kind of like, well, gotta try everything once, which is, I don't think, like, true for every, everyone, and I definitely don't think, like, ace people need to have sex to, like, confirm whether or not they're asexual, which, once again, not all ace Mm -hmm. people don't not want to have sex, um, but I feel like it is, like, kind of interesting to, like, have open conversations with people who even are allosexual about, like, sex, and, like, how it can be, like, really slow but it can also be kind of mid and so i feel like uh that's like an important thing to like talk about because one it helps people like have more realistic expectations for intimacy and like knowing like how to communicate with your partner and like that kind of thing but it also like it's good for like ace people because it's like well it's not like the pinnacle of like the human existence and it's not like all the movies make it out to be all the time for everyone and there's plenty of other like beneficial things that can that you can participate in life by yourself and also with other people i love that i actually one thing that i love about asexuality it's been like a very like free and liberating identity mm-hmm. especially in terms of like expressing like platonic love and platonic attraction like i get to mm-hmm. prioritize those relationships too like i noticed kind of like a term in polyamorous relationships called like relationship hierarchy and so what can be proposed is like relationship anarchy which basically means that like you know like having a primary partner or a secondary partner like that doesn't matter like they're all partners you know like they're all people in your life that you have a relationship with yeah i really like ideas about relationship anarchy and like i'm not super familiar with it and i would like to like learn more about it but i think like Oh, from what I've heard discussed about it, like, what you're saying, and then also just, like, taking every relationship with each individual person and talking about, like, what you specifically both want from that relationship without having pressure of, like, defining it with, like, a preconceived set of, like, we have this kind of relationship, so we have to do these things, and this is the ways we can't be intimate with each other, these are the ways we can't be, and instead just, like, taking your relationship with each person, like, individually, and I feel like that's, like, that's really cool and also like I think related to like uh, dismantling like white supremacist ideas about like what relationships should be and stuff because like obviously like the nuclear family and stuff has been like a tool of like colonization for like yeah. centuries etc. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming up on time so I would like to take the tone um, back up a little bit. <laughs> no, um, so bad. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know if we have fun things about being ace. I feel like a lot of that ties into ace joy, which we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. have, like, a silly little anecdote about coming out to someone or something, that would be really nice. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, um, this is so dumb. Okay, so, like, I remember, like, telling somebody... Okay, let me know if this is too TMI. So, um, somebody was asking me for a sexual favor, right? Like, they just called me two years later after I gave them my phone number at a community college and so like you know I tell them like no I'm so sorry this is something I just can't give to you right and so my first call I told them like professional boundaries I used to work there um therefore like I can't deliver anything you know like there's no like sense 
And then later, on the second call, they persisted, and I was like, you you won't be happy, I'm asexual. And so they <laughs> proceeded to ask me, are you a virgin? Oh. And I tried to explain to them what asexuality is, but I think they only had the virginity thing in mind, so it was tragic. I hated every second of that conversation. <laughs> Perhaps R. not R. the silly goofy story, but <laughs> so sorry you experienced that. <laughs> I'm so That's sorry. Rough, but... <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, but otherwise, a, a good moment that I've had, world. like, I'm asexual. Me too, you know? And then it's all chill. Community. <laughs> Solidarity. Solidarity. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I feel like what was really helpful for me is like my friend who keeps coming up. Um, they were really like helpful for me when I was like grappling with whether I wanted to use, like identify on the A spectrum or not. And I think something that really stuck with me was they were like, if it feels like if you feel like the thing that is being described fits most of your experiences like that's what words are for they're for you to use them and like so like you shouldn't be worried because i was kind of worried about like oh i don't know like it's not so like cut and dry and they were like yeah it's not so cut and dry it's just like you use the words that best fit your experiences because like like you were saying like the labels are meant to serve you not you serve the label and I feel like that was just like really encouraging because they like approach it with such like kindness and openness and we were able to have like a really great discussion about like asexuality and stuff and they were like yeah like it's totally like okay like you are the person who like decides for yourself and you shouldn't worry about like taking up space or something like that because there's room for everyone so I feel like that was like a really nice experience I had with like an ace friend so yeah community is good there's room for everyone. <laughs> Indeed. There is. And with that, I have been JQ. I'm Augustine. And I'm Rainer. This has been Speak Out. You can follow Outright on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can read our articles at outrightnewsmag.org. That's right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. Thank you so much. And remember, community big enough for everybody.